Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Nelson. Hello. And Rissa. Hello. You guys, how's it going today? Hanging in there. Yeah, doing all right, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I guess everybody is. (laughs) So on today's episode of the Disney Time Podcast, we are going to be looking at Disney Urban Legends. So there, ever since ever since the Disneyland was open in uh, nineteen was it fifty five, it's there's been urban legends to that have been going on with that park and I guess all the other parks. So we're gonna be uh, talking about those today. So it's more of a interesting topic for us here. All right, so you guys ready to begin? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, sure. All right, so the first one we have on our list here is that. No one can die at Disney. And um, what do you guys think? It's a factor of fiction. I mean, it's on the list. It's, we have it listed here. So, uh, Rissa, what is it? It's totally fiction. Yeah, definitely. So, so go ahead, Rissa. So, the premise behind this is that um, people believe that uh, when, like, an event happens, uh, like a, an emergency event, um, Disney isn't they don't allow people to be declared dead on property. Um, but clearly it's, it's false because there's been recorded incidents of deaths on properties. So Nelson, have you, uh, have you ever heard of anything happening on, on Disney property where there's been a death? Uh, I haven't heard any, particularly any, anything as of recent. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, of course. You know, like they try to avoid that as much as possible, but it looks like on this list there was one in 2003 from Big Thunder Car separating. Rissa, do you remember that happening? Um, it wasn't actually in Disneyland. I think that was in uh, Disney World. Okay. So I didn't know about that. I, I've heard about some of these where um, it's usually people's negligence that it occurs. Um, like they're doing something really dumb, like trying to jump cars. <laughs> That happened. Yeah, that people mover. Yeah, people mover. And it happened twice, not just once. So it's like people didn't even learn their lesson. Um, I didn't know about the Matterhorn death. Um, and there, I think there was like actually an Imagineer that died during a project. Um, and then oh, wow. the, the one that was really sad um, was America Sings one. Yeah, because they didn't have any uh, like fail safe to stop it from happening. Like they got pinned in between the the moving wall. Like yeah. the wall was moving, and the walkway. You know how it's separate. So yeah. they got they got stuck in between there and died. Yeah, when I was reading the, these, I was like, "Ooh, oh, that's gruesome." <laughs> yeah, um, you know, usually when it involves an attraction, it's not not gruesome. You know. <laughs> yeah, I did know about the the brothers that um, one brother died trying to save his other brother because they they ended up being stranded or i don't know if they like purposely stayed after dark um on tom sawyer island this happened in 1973 in disneyland where they wanted to stay after dark um and sneak back onto 
property from, I mean, they're on property, but they wanted to sneak back from the island. Um, but the 10-year-old boy was starting to drown, so his brother ended up, like, um, rescuing him. And then a cast member saw and saved the 10-year-old, but the brother ended up drowning. So, yeah. That's pretty sad. Like, they they just wanted to be on be at Disneyland after it closed, and yeah. they ended up dead, or one of them did. Yeah, okay, so um, let's move on to the next one. The next one is that there are secret rooms in Disneyland, and that's a fact. That Nelson, is a have fact. you heard of it? Nelson, have you heard of any of the secret rooms? Well, I mean, if you would consider the Dream Suite over at, like, Cinderella Castle a, a secret room, per se, I don't know if that's secret anymore. <laughs> but uh, other than, like, I guess what's listed here, uh, like Club 33 and the the Dream Suites and the Matterhorn Basketball Hoop, yeah, I think that's the only ones I can quote-unquote think of that would cons- be considered secret rooms anything you can you want to add to that one or so um so in terms of the disneyland uh dream suite they ended up changing that to a different dining experience so um there's a private experience they renamed it to 21 royal and um if you are willing to drop fifteen thousand dollars you and uh, a party of 12 can have a private dining experience in what was formerly the Disneyland Dream Suite. Wow. Yep. That sounds pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you probably have more to shed in terms of Walt Disney World if there's more secret rooms. Like, I I read some things about there being some secret um, cast member things in the Utilidors. Like some special stores or whatever, or like a salon. Is that true? There, there is a salon in in the Utilidors because they, <laughs> the cast members need to you know, be hidden when they get ready and stuff like that. Especially, <laughs> especially the ones that wear the costumes, like the the you know the the character ones that, that portray characters. Um, so they they have a like a salon that works there. I mean, they to get for a cast to get all, you know, prepared, especially the face characters and whatnot. Um, there's dressing rooms and stuff down there. I mean, the Utilidors itself, uh, I would consider that secret because, you, you know, the normal general public can't go down there. Uh, so I guess that's a secret. <laughs> but there is a um, tour, right, that, that people can pay to, to go down there? Yes, yes. That's, um, they do it. They hold it before the park opens. So you get to go down and walk through the Utilidors. Um, so it's not it's not like a you know like supposed to be secret. Uh, so I'm not too privy on a lot of the sec- like secret secret things because it's like I was only able to see the, where the cast members can access. Hmm. So I mean you know it's like I have regular cast member access, but there might be even more secret places that I haven't been to that uh, have you know a high need a higher access or privilege to get into. <laughs> is it that I don't even know about? Is it true that the Utilidors also have like a big control room that like uh, higher level cast members can can monitor if like lines get long or something? 
I, I don't taken. even know. Really? Because I, I read I read something about that. So if any other cast members can shed some light on that, that'd be pretty cool to to hear. Confirm yeah. or deny or uh, I can't I can't uh, state anything about that. <laughs> I know it's it's I mean it's pretty crazy. I mean, do you remember? Did you guys watch Imagineering Story? And then Bob Gurr was there, and then they they showed him shooting hoops in the Matterhorn. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's one of the things about the secret room um, in the Matterhorn. People, uh, it's been exaggerated saying that it's like a full, a full court or a half court, but really it's just a, a hoop that's there. Did you see that scene, Nelson, where Bob Gurr was like shooting a basketball in the Matterhorn? Uh, no, I didn't watch that series yet, but I have seen pictures, and yeah, it, it's quite literally the, like Rissa said. Um, it's been a bit over-exaggerated where people are thinking it's at least like a half court, but it's literally just a room that they decided to put a hoop in. <laughs> yeah, right. just so, a exactly. place to chill. Right. I mean, that's where maintenance people hang out, let's say, like when they're um, working on the Matterhorn, but then say it starts raining outside. So they're just chilling in there for that, for, you know, temporarily. And... Yeah, definitely. I mean... If you guys in the, that are listening have been to any of these secret rooms or, you know, some secret rooms we didn't mention, let us know. Um, let us know what, what you have seen or what you have heard about secret rooms at, at any of the Disney parks. Yeah, especially the international ones we haven't been to. Right, exactly. Like, that would be interesting to, to hear about secret rooms in those parks. Yeah. All right, so next urban legend... This on is the list we a have a big one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's that they froze Walt Disney's head. Uh, so legend has it that Walt's head was cryogenically frozen and is stored at a secret vault in Walt Disney World. Um, Risa, any additional info you want to add to that? Um, this legend kind of comes from uh, 1972 when Bob Nelson, he was the president of the Cryonics Society of of California stated that Disney wanted to be frozen, uh, but he followed up by saying that he wasn't frozen and Walt's cremains are actually at Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale and they never um, uh, spread his ashes. So it's it's like there still, so you can go visit it. Um, I'm not sure if it's like in the mausoleum or something, but it's at Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale. Uh, but there are like a lot of pop culture references to to this. Uh, I think Futurama did something. I think The Simpsons did something. That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's. I actually saw the episode of Futurama where Walt's head was in the jar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Nelson, do you, do you remember any pop culture references that have to do with uh, Walt's head? Uh, no, not specifically. But I have definitely heard the. The legend or the myth that um, yeah Walt um, was uh, cryogenically frozen some in some place, but uh, you know that's just a myth. <laughs> Definitely busted. Okay, so the the next urban legend that we have on the list here is that the haunted mansion actually scared someone to death. Uh, what was behind this myth, Rissa? Um, the myth was that before the Haunted Mansion was open to the public, they were doing previews, 
and in 1969, a man suffered a heart attack and died. But there's actually no supporting evidence to this claim. And yeah, but there was somebody that did injure herself. There was an 89-year-old woman that broke her hip getting off a doom buggy, but that was in Disney World. Yeah, usually, you know, for for letting people off of the doom buggies, if they have, you know, disability or they're older, they would like pause the moving doom buggies in order for them to get off, right? So I don't know if she injured herself while they was moving, you know, when they're getting out or if it was, you know, she was just going to, she was just frail or something, but usually they try to take some precaution when, when it comes to that. Yeah, I did see something else related to the Haunted Mansion. Um, we didn't put it on the list because it's kind of minor. Uh, but the it's the fact that they stop it when there's somebody disabled, but they actually don't. They throw it into a creep mode. That's what they call it. Where oh, so it's, it's like slowed down. Right. So anytime that it stops, it's typically when somebody drops something and a maintenance worker has to uh, go get it. Mm. So like when they're like, we have momentarily been paused, right? Like yeah. Kind of thing. Or if they are really having issues with helping somebody get off, then they stop it. But most of the time they throw it into what they call creep mode. Interesting. Yeah. Nelson, did you know about the creep mode? Well, I didn't know it had a name, but I obviously have experienced where um, they intentionally slow it down for, say, like uh, loading a disabled person. Or yeah, to uh, to offer assistance for loading or unloading those vehicles. So yeah, yeah, that's a uh, interesting. So yeah, so the next um, the next urban legend on here is that there is a dead body at Disneyland. So this is actually partially true. Uh, Rissa, want to talk about this? Yeah. So Disneyland did actually use um, skeletons before to decorate the Pirates of the Caribbean. The number isn't really known of how many, uh, but they sourced those skeletons from UCLA Medical School. Uh, But it became a health hazard. So now there's just a skull, a real human skull and crossbones that's above the bed um, in one of the scenes in Pirates. So So that's a real skull and crossbones? That is a human skull and crossbones. Wow. Yeah, the one where there's a mock-up skeleton of a captain looking at a map through a magnifying glass, like sitting up in bed. Yeah, on his headboard, there's a skull and crossbones, and those are the real ones. That's that's um, interesting. I mean, you know, it's a little creepy, but yeah, creepy. (laughs) Yeah, but that's why we say it's partially true. Um, Also, there might be some like fact to this because there is it it's illegal to spread cremains on private property but we don't know if you know any rule breakers have done it because they have found some powdered substance on haunted mansion before and like in various part parts of the park so people yeah, might I have be scattering heard, cremains right i i have heard that yeah people attempt to i don't know how successful it is, they are but that's also kind of gross too <laughs> it's totally gross biohazard i i don't think it would be impossible though for people no, to sneak it in yeah it's, i mean good <laughs> yeah it, that's easy to conceal to bring it into the park and yeah uh, 
Who knows, right? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Maybe this should have been a, a Halloween episode. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of the, the urban legends are just, you know, grotesque. They are I, pretty gross. Except the next one isn't isn't really, so yes. we'll, we'll talk about that one. Let's move on to the next urban legend about Disney cats, Disneyland cats in particular. So it's true that there are feral cats that roam the premises in Disneyland, but the, the legend is that Disney actually released them to control the rodent problem. Um, Rissa, you want to shed some light on that? Yeah, so these cats were actually there. Uh, before Disneyland was even opened, um, Walt found feral cats and they decided to uh, document the, the cats there. Um, they feed them, they care for them, and if they can, they spay and neuter them. And if a cast member happens to fall in love with one of the cats, they are um, open to adopting them. Which is pretty cool. I mean, the they are naturally occurring and they naturally help with the rodents but it wasn't like an intentional thing that they brought them in so it's that's i think that's uh, that's you know a good idea to have to keep them around and to feed them you know yeah yeah but it wasn't an think? intentional thing so yeah what do you think nelson i mean i think it's pretty cool it's just um they're very sneaky it's hard to spot them a lot of the time they're very uh shy per se but um I mean, recently when uh, I was on a trip, we were just chilling at the new AP lounge uh, overlooking uh, Wine Country Tutoria. And um, yeah, there was just one off to the side, just like sunbathing, just chilling. Yeah, we got lots of there. pictures of that one. <laughs> yeah. Cause he it was, was not so photogenic at no, all. No, <laughs> he, was, he was like a derpy cat, just like... It, it, you know how cats usually lay down on their stomachs and just like curl up? This one was like straight up on its back, like legs out, like like spread like a, eagle. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's why we, we were taking a lot of pictures of this cat. Too much catnip for it? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's where we were joking. Like maybe this cat is like rolling in he's catnip just, right now. Yeah, he's just high. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so it's not hard to find cats in Disneyland. There are, I think, they were saying over two hundred cats. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, they were numbering it about that. Even though they spay and neuter a lot of them, it's like they, they're still growing. <laughs> um, so an interesting thing is I looked, I, I looked it up and they have um, some social media accounts. They have a Twitter account. <laughs> That's right. And they also have an Instagram. So <laughs> check out the Cats of Disneyland on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and to, to add to that, there's like even a, the Disneyland Ducks have an Instagram account too. Really? <laughs> that is true. The Ducks yes. of Disneyland do have an account. Every time they I do. see a duck, I'm just like, hi, Mallard. Usually when it's a boy. <laughs> well, like, right. This is Mallard. Hi, Mallard. Every single one is named Mallard to me. That's a good one. <laughs> so an interesting fact that I also learned is that in Disney World, they actually use snakes instead of cats for their pest problems. Um, these snakes are the non-venomous type, but I mean... If you ever see them, usually they're nocturnal when they co go out and hunt. But, you know, they have they have some non-venomous smaller snakes that roam Disney World. Too. It's Florida. I don't I don't doubt that. Did they yeah. release these ones or it's it's just naturally occurring as well? Um, these ones, I, I think 
are naturally occurring also um, because they they have to control the population of the snakes and uh, reptiles that live on property. So these ones, they allowed them to stay on property. Um, I think they're like called black racers or something like that. Um, but then there are, you know, in Florida, plenty of different species of snake and alligator that they have to control. <laughs> Disney World was built on a swamp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do know about the alligator that was found on Splash Mountain. So, oh, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that Mix. was that was during park hours too. So, there's a whole Wikipedia um, that is dedicated to its incidents that occurred at Walt Disney World, whether mm. it's um, injury or uh, death or some weird thing that happened. Of course, yeah. someone would have to document that. Yes, <laughs> it definitely has to be. You know, it has to be taken note of. I guess. All right. So the next urban legend is Disney cast member dress code. Um, so I guess there was a rumor that Disney employees have to adhere to strict facial hair and attire. Um, I mean, there's. I think. Almost every employer has some sort of dress code. <laughs> yeah, that that one, I was like, really? <laughs> that seems pretty normal, in all honesty. Yeah, that one also came from, um, in the 60s, there was uh, incidents with yippies. Not hippies, yippies. And yippies? Yeah, they were coming into uh, Disneyland, and they were causing some issues. So they were about to start... Um, enforcing guest dress code as well, like even more so than you know, just not non-provocative attire. But like, you can't have men can't have hair length this long or whatever. Um, but you know, they didn't end up going through with that. But they can control you know facial hair and stuff with their own employees. So why don't you uh, talk about this one since you were a cast member? Okay, so Disney. Uh, dress code they have something called the disney look uh I'm putting that in quotes the disney look um before they they didn't allow tattoos that are visible so um they didn't allow ear piercings that were you know on men they didn't allow that either uh, they didn't allow nose rings they didn't allow facial hair that was in between stages so that it it has to be like groomed so you need to have like a nice looking beard, not like something that's out of whack. You know, it has to be trimmed nicely and groomed to look like an actual, you know, like you're you're have a good looking facial facial hair. So if you're growing it out, you would get written up in between. Uh, so it's like, how can you go to work with a fully grown beard? Right. That was always perplexing to me. <laughs> you take uh, some a people few days can off. grow it. Yeah, yeah, like you could. Like take a break or uh, if you don't work certain straight amount of days. And if, I mean, it really depends on the guy then if they can actually grow it out as that quickly. Exactly. Like you'd some have people to go... like me take a whole month to, right. <laughs> to you'd have grow to take out a... anything that's worth noting per se. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to give up your shift for like a whole month in order to come into work, right? Well, so if they... I wanted a beard. Right, right. So they they'd, um, they actually relaxed that a bit. They, they started allowing you to go to work with it not fully grown out uh, just because they realized, hey, that's kind of, you know, 
you're getting points for doing that. You know, you're just trying to grow a beard so you can trim it and stuff. But well, how would yeah. um how would like guys that end up having like five o'clock shadow? How how do they deal with that? Do they have to take a break and shave their faces? No, no, no. Like you mean, like it grows so fast, it's growing well. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like I know during the some, day. some people are, are like that, where like by five o'clock, that's where it comes from, you know, five o'clock shadow. By like five o'clock, some stubble is coming in and you can see the scruff. Yeah, the, the scruff was okay, right? It's it's more like when if you intentionally tried to grow it, you know, and then it wasn't, it was in, it was halfway, not or like, you know, partially grown. Okay. That's where they that's where they would start writing you up. But if it's like a, you know, like you came to work and it was clean shaven and then when you leave work it's like stubble, mm-hmm. that's okay. They okay. they allowed that. Uh, but yeah, they 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 have relaxed some of the um restrictions so the facial piercings, they start if you notice some cast members have some facial piercings now or the the earrings with the hole in them, the you know? The gauges. The gauges. They started allowing like the smaller gauges now. I have so not it, noticed, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because most people still try to adhere to the the stricter guidelines, even though they're starting to relax it. Like there's some visible that tattoos that they're allowed to have, some cast members that are they're allowed to show it. Interesting. Um, but you know, like if you got a sleeve or something like that, they make you wear long sleeves to cover it. Even when it's so. hot. Yeah, like I had a I had a coworker. He's got a sleeve. It's like Sailor, Ma- Sailor Moon tattoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! But like he would always wear long sleeves. It's so hot, but he's always wearing long sleeves to cover it up. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Does does that um is that for all Disney uh properties or is that only like parks and and whatnot? No, you have to look. Um, so if you're not working in a park and you're working in the office, you still need to adhere to Disney look. And oh, their wow. their look is uh, business casual. So you need like button downs and all the, you know, like business casual stuff. Right. Unless you're like, you know, a director or whatever, the movie stars and things like that. They have different, they don't have to adhere to it. But like if you're an office person, you got to gotta wear your business casual. So like literally if you're on Disney salary or hourly payroll you have to adhere to that same thing with like disney stores and if you're like working in disney springs or downtown disney or is that separate since they're third party disney stores themselves are they're a little separate but i think they have their own dress code too but if you're at disney springs and you work for the walt disney company you have to do disney look oh wow so like, you know, um, World of Disney, there's some, there's actually some restaurants that are in Disney Springs that are owned by Disney that, you know, they still need to have Disney look. So it's, yeah, anything owned by Disney. All right. So that's still pretty strict, but um, I mean, they have their, their uh, reputation, I guess. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, so let's let's move on to the next um, urban legend. It's Disney controls your mind through sense. <laughs> so that's partially true. Uh, Rissa, do you, do you know the backstory to this? Yeah, so people are saying that Disney is trying to control the way that you feel um, and control what you think based on the sense that you're smelling. It's partially true because Disney 
does pump smells through their park so that you make a connection because um, mem- strong memories are actually tied to the, your sense of smell. So, for example, if you uh, smell peppermint during Christmas time and you link that to a time when you were drinking hot chocolate or eating candy canes with your family, you remember distinct things. So similarly, in certain areas of the park, not every single area of the park, but for example, on Main Street, they have strong fans and these vents that uh, pump the smells, especially by uh, the bakeries, uh, like this nice vanilla smell. So when you walk down Main Street, that's what you're smelling. And I can attest to this because my uh, current coworker actually was a cast member um, in Disneyland, and he told me the exact same thing. There's actually where, a patent for it too. Yeah, and um, he'd tell me it's like connected, like to the confectionery, so people would be wanting to get sweets when they're walking down Main Street. And obviously, it works for Nelson, right? <laughs> well, you don't even have to do that. Yeah. You don't even have to pump the smell, and you'd already want the sweets. Yeah. <laughs> but some, but uh, yeah, this s- is true for Disney World as well. When I did my traditions class, this is exactly what they told us. They pump scents in on Main Street, like uh, chocolate chip cookies. If you go past the, the bakery, they'll they'll pump some smell like that, so that you'll want to buy some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have anything to add, Rissa? Yeah, so some rides actually use this technology as well, uh, which is pretty unique um, because early on when rides try to assault all of your senses, including smell, uh, there was an attempt to do smell a vision with, with movies, but it, it's hard to get the timing. So Disney, that's why they have a patent on these things called smellitizers, and it's used on certain attractions to pump smell, such as during Soarin' Over California and... Um, Soarin' over the world, the Soarin' rides. Uh, I think Avatar uses it as well. Um, Haunted Mansion Holiday uses this. I don't know what other rides, but yeah, they pump smell with timing of of things, which is a pretty cool technology. It's tough to be a bug. That's another one. There you go. They used. I think they used to do that with Honey I Shrunk the Audience. You remember that? They had like this 4D thing where they would spray like um, the water. And they would have the, the, the air go by your feet when the mice are running by and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty effective, I think, you know, to have smells and use all the senses, basically. Yeah. But I, I think it's an intelligent way, one, with marketing and sales. Um, I think that's where the thing comes from, where they're trying to control you and control your mind. But it comes really from the fact that they want you to have a positive connection to their parks so you continue to come back. And I think it it works because I have strong memories. My strongest memories of childhood are at Disneyland and they're super distinct. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Uh, So the next urban legend that we have is that Disney character actors used to share underwear. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I didn't know uh, about this, but apparently Kay did. Yeah, it's a, apparently it's a fact. And uh, Rissa, what's the backstory of this thing? So originally, cast members would have to share underwear due to their own personal underwear bunching up. And this is particularly the cast members that are like fur. Um, they would turn in the underwear at the end of their shift for them to be washed and laundered. But 
public health issues started to crop up. That's um kind of like and then and then by 2001 is the is when they started like they they terminated that. Mm-hmm. 2001? Yeah, it took until 2001 <laughs> for the union to negotiate for cast members. So any any fur character is issued their own personal set of Disney underwear to use. That's kind of crazy. What do you think, Nelson? I mean, I have issues just reusing my own. So, like, just what? for the sheer fact, well, no, like reusing my like if without being washed in oh, between. Okay, no, I mean, like you don't you buy new underwear? What? No, I'm just well. I mean, the way that this was written is like it's being reused, just like without like with the assumption that you know there's no washing in between. Oh no, they it's just wash, like, but it was. Oh, I, I was just like, dang, I have issues with that. No, it's no, just no. With my own underwear. But there was issue. <laughs> the issues of the public health issues where uh, they weren't turning them in for them to be laundered. So some cast members would assume that they were washed, and they weren't. So that's where what? things started happening, and they're like, "This is really gross." Yeah. No, that is terribly disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, so that's now, so weird. So now <laughs> cast members are responsible to wash their own issued underwear. Like it's up to them if they're not washing them. That's their own personal problem. But I, I can see where there could be problems. The reason why they wouldn't be turning it in. Uh, so there is there. Um, if if you're issued costumes, then you the, you have to go through costuming, and costuming takes care of you know. Uh, doing the washing and the sewing and all that stuff of the costumes. So when you get your set of costumes, you don't keep the same set of costume for like your entire career, right? You have to bring it back and swap it out for another set. Um, so I can see where they have issue with that because it's like, that's underwear. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Because you're talking about fur characters now and character costumes. You don't take that home. Whereas... Uh, with the other costumes, you bring you can bring those home, and you know. Th- with that, you know. Like <laughs> yeah. 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 I, but essentially, the there. they didn't want characters picking wedgies, you know, while they're in costume. So right. That is true. That is true. Like, wait, I got a wedgie. I got to. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I gotta do this weird wiggle. I gotta adjust. So. Okay, now uh, let's <laughs> let's move on to the next um, urban legend. The urban legend says that Walt Disney is one of the singing ghosts. So the heads where they do the projecting projection mapping on them, they say Walt is one of them. Uh, but that's actually false. And uh, Rissa, false. what's what's the one behind that? So um, this the singing ghost, the second statue from the left, uh, has a striking resemblance to Walt. Uh, but actually, if it's this was debunked during the Imagineering series, it's like confirmed that this is Thurl Raven Ravenscroft. Yeah, Thurl Ravenscroft. He actually voices Fritz the parrot um, in uh, Tiki Room, and he's also Tangaro the Tiki God at the Enchanted Tiki Room. And then he also has a lot more Disney and Hollywood credits. Um, such as Tony the Tiger, he was Tony the Tiger for over 50 years, and he was the main singer, the really deep voice that sings You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. 
that's that's actually where I recognized his voice from is that movie, right? That's the the most recognizable movie. But I just never knew that he looked like Walt Disney. <laughs> you you didn't think it was Walt? No, no. I mean, I I thought it was Walt. Mm-hmm. I I used to think it was Walt. Yeah. But then hearing that it's Thurl Ravenscroft, I was like, oh, the voice behind the Grinch. I yeah. mean, the Grinch song. Yeah. I thought it was you, Walt did, for the longest time too. Did you think it was Walt Nelson? No, well, I I didn't actually recognize or realize that one of them looked like Walt because every time when I'm passing by the uh, that scene in Haunted Mansion, I'm always I always laugh at the one that's like fallen over, <laughs> the the head the head's on the, the ground, yeah, yeah. So that that one always catches my attention more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I never actually looked at it uh, close enough, but yeah, next time I, I write it. Whenever that may be, um, I'll take a closer look. Yeah, it's one of the most common myths that I hear. Uh, I think one of our friends, when we went down to Disneyland with him, also said, oh, that's Walt Disney. And I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, 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 it's Walt Disney. But yeah, it's not Walt Disney. Yeah, it's Thurl Ravenscroft. What a name, too, you know, Thurl. I know. I, <laughs> I like Ravenscroft. Yeah. Nice name. All right, so next urban legend is that the de- the dream suite in Cinderella's castle was originally for Walt. So, I mean, that's that's got to be fiction, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for one thing, is wasn't the castle not even there when by the time Walt had passed? Yeah, I mean, like it wasn't it wasn't fully it wasn't built at all, like at all when when Walt was uh, that when before like when he died, like they didn't even it was his brother that that did the whole project, so. It couldn't have been for Walt, right? Yeah. We can't like completely confirm or debunk this because there could possibly have been some like side discussions during Blue Sky um, during the planning phase. Uh, but yeah, there's no documentation saying that this was a plan. Yeah, I mean, even even in uh, your research, you get you found that the Dream Suite wasn't even built until the 2000s, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's not like we're going to be able to stay there. <laughs> yeah. You well, can, it's very unlikely. Yeah, but. you can only stay there by invitation or by winning a sweepstakes. So uh, so invite us, Josh Amaro, if you're listening. <laughs> Who? The president of Disney World. Oh. Yes, invite us. <laughs> <laughs> and every time, like, Omaz has a... A sweepstakes, I always participate. They have that for, for the Dream Suite? Yeah. Nice. They did. They had yeah. one recently, too. Does anyone they, ever win these things? Uh, well, you know, there. I don't know if there's any official proof that they share, but... They show a picture of the person, but then they don't actually show the person on the experience, so you, we, we do have to think just take them. Yeah, it. just yeah. take them for their word. Okay. <laughs> So but hey, I mean th- those uh, those uh, sweepstakes are usually for a good cause anyway. Yeah, so. true. Yeah, they 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 do donation. They do the donation. All right. Um, the next urban legend we have is that somebody was beheaded on Space Mountain. Uh, Rissa, you want to go into that? Yeah. So this is partially true. The rumor is that a guest was 
beheaded when he was standing up on um, Space Mountain. But in fact, it wasn't a guest. It was a test dummy uh, during the troubleshooting and planning and building of Space Mountain. Uh, So this actually prompted Imagineers to start testing ride clearances for heights throughout the, the entire ride to ensure that something like this would not happen with with guests because the test dummy wasn't even like standing in a standing position it just hit a bump and the head got knocked off so yeah no person (laughs) has ever been decapitated but still don't stand on rides it's not safe things can happen but particularly for space mountain because it's typically pitch black i i always am so squished in i'm too nervous anyway to even never... put your hands up right yeah exactly oh i so. do it i put my hands up i'm like if if me being this short if i put my hands up and i hit something then clearly i can sue disney well yeah you could but i don't know there's just something in me that's just like oh i'm climbing up i'll just enjoy the ride from my seat yeah, I always just enjoy kind of just screaming. That's that's all I like to do on that, you know. <laughs> More than uh, trying to stand or put my hands up because I I don't like the fact that you can't see <laughs> like how high how high, you know, your clearance is unless right. the lights were on. But I still I don't know. I don't know if I would even try it. But I mean, imagine like there this was a test run. Yeah. And the clearances were not even good enough so that a test dummy sitting in the seat lost its head like man okay yeah <laughs> at least they tested it i know at least they tested it yeah with a at test least dummy. it was a it was a test dummy that, <laughs> yeah. uh, not not a real person this is what writing. this is what tests are for right <laughs> they were they, they were probably kind of uh aware that you know the clearances might be a little bit too narrow <laughs> That's why they yeah. put the test dummy in there. I mean, it's an indoor roller coaster in the dark, so. Yeah, yeah. Man. Well, I'm glad they uh, they revised it, so. And I mean, the, the, the version that we have now, it's not even the same as the original, right? Isn't that right? They redid it uh, when they did that whole revamp for, for D- Disneyland? Honestly, I don't really remember... Um how the track felt before because uh, it was redone in 2005 when they reopened it so mm-hmm. I, I it's been so long i don't really remember the old ride. i mean i remember the old soundtrack but i don't remember the feeling of the old ride well i think it's like i think the ride is the old track is similar to one of the tracks at disney world so i'm not sure if it's the left track or the right track but the, the old track at Disneyland, I think it was like the one at Disney World. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the next uh, urban legend here. Um, it is that Toy Story cast members in costume will drop to the ground if someone says, Andy's coming. And Risa, what's, what's behind that one? So this did happen before. Uh, it wasn't an official thing that that Disney, you know, it would happen every single time somebody said it. They were actually isolated incidents that occurred in various Disney parks where there were toy, uh, toy story characters. Um, but Disney has since banned any of that from happening for safety issues for the characters and for the guests. So anytime that somebody tries it 
a cast member handler uh, will usually tell the guests that Andy's away at college or some sort of thing like that. So Nelson, have you ever seen any pictures of the the Toy Story toys like in costume on the ground because somebody said Andy's coming? Have you seen those, Nelson? Uh, no. I well, I haven't seen it in person, but I have heard of that um, thing. It, I mean, it's kind of like in the same vein as like the floor is lava type of thing, right? Or like the what is it? The mannequin challenge that was a couple of years ago. Oh, <laughs> I can imagine that sort of thing. But uh, I've never experienced that firsthand. No. I think I think they should just you know, if they say Andy's coming, they should just freeze, not like drop to the floor. You know, they could do that, right? I think. Yeah, I, I, that'd be a little bit more safe per se. But I do understand why th- that Disney decided, like, no, don't don't do anything like that. <laughs> right. Andy's in college. <laughs> it's a good one. However, uh, they could say Bonnie's coming. What are they going to say? Do you know what they would say to that? Or so what do you think they would say to that? I have no idea what they would say to that. Because yeah, um, Bonnie sure, is the new owner. <laughs> I'm sure that some of the cast members would get creative. But yeah, they, they try to discourage that kind of behavior now. So I don't see it happening too much anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think the reason why they, they have this here in the Urban Legend is because... There, um, there were some pictures circulating on social media of the, you know, that had that little caption, oh, the, you know, the the little known facts about Disney that you can, you know, that you would, it's like a BuzzFeed article or something like yeah. that. I've seen that circulating. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, okay, maybe I need to try that. But nah, we can't do that anymore. No, you can't do it anymore. All right. Um, so let's move on to the, the next uh, urban legend. It says Mowgli's Palace in North Carolina. And that's uh, fiction. Rissa, what's that about? So there was allegedly once plans uh, for Disney to open a resort in North Carolina inspired by the Jungle Book. Wow. And like, where did that come from? Do you know know where that came from? Uh, I have no idea where it came from. Uh, Disney doesn't even own property over there. So uh, I really don't know. But there are abandoned areas in disney parks um you probably know more about this because there are some in walt disney world yeah like um (laughs) if you heard the recent news there was a uh a guy who tried to camp out at the old river country um the you know the the old park that they that was abandoned in disney world it's in the middle of uh of the lake so (laughs) During this COVID-19 thing, the guy tried to sneak on the property and uh, camp out there on the old Discovery Island. And um, it's actually, it's there are some people who have snuck snuck in and gotten some like YouTube footage out there. And I'm just like, these people are dumb because yeah. they could, they're like, they, they know where to find you now. You put it up on YouTube, right? So, um, yeah. But anyway, this guy recently snuck onto the island, tried to camp out. Because he thought, oh, nobody's here. It's COVID-19 lockdown or whatever. And he tried to stay there. And no, Disney security came by and they saw him. And then he jumped into the water and at night and tried to swim away. Did a gator Um, get him? No, the gator didn't get him. But they had to use a they had to use a helicopter and some boats to try to find him. And when he eventually got out of there, they got him. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did they arrest them for trespassing? They arrested him for trespassing. So, Florida man. There you go. Oh, Florida. <laughs> uh, I mean, even I'm not that desperate to go back. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm too scared of the ban for life. No, thank you. Right. That's not worth exactly, it. That's exactly what happened to him. So, he got banned from Disney property for life. Other than getting arrested. That's what I mean, as well as getting arrested. <laughs> So, Nelson, have you ever heard of any of these, like, uh, theme park that got abandoned type deals uh, at Disney? Um, no, but I was trying to remember, like, wasn't, isn't there, like, an actual Disney hotel off in the East Coast somewhere, like, in Virginia or something like that? Uh, I think it's Hilton. Uh, no, it's not Hilton Head. It's, is it Hilton Head? I think that's where they got the idea, because Hilton Head is in North Carolina? Yeah, so when I saw the North Carolina part, that was I was like, isn't there actually a hotel over there though? That's like Disney owned. Yeah, I mean it's not a park; it's just a hotel. That's it. Right, it's their property, Hilton Head. Um, So that's like a bougie area too. Maybe, Uh, maybe that's where they got it from. That's yeah, yeah, that's probably where they got the idea. But I mean, it's more reminiscent of like the Grand Floridian, like in looks, not. I wouldn't say it's anywhere like near like a a jungle theme like for Mowgli's palace. Is the um property big enough to even be considered a theme park? No. No. But but I I see where they could say resort because they it's it's technically a resort, you know. Um they have the hotel, they have beach area. So they could make a resort like that, but they didn't theme it that. They they don't really have a theme. It's just, you know, North Carolina. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, but there, there oh, were... Oh, it's, it's South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. There you go. South Carolina. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, but yeah, it's in Carolina, in the Carolinas. Um, when I when I saw the Mowgli's Palace, I was thinking, you know, uh, did you watch Tiger King? Oh, <laughs> I, I saw the first about episode. Doc and Doc Antle. <laughs> yeah, he's got his own. He's got his own uh, Mowgli's Palace right there. <laughs> so this is like by the Outer Banks or something like that. Yeah, it's an island resort. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. That's pretty cool. They have that property. Um, so let's uh, let's move on to the next uh, urban legend, and that is. The hearse at the Haunted Mansion was used to carry Brigham Young in 1877. So what's the backstory on that, Rissa? So um, there's been some history around uh, where this hearse came from uh, because there was an auction before when they were uh, sourcing this hearse where the man that got it uh, bought the hearse in 1973 from a Vegas collector who told him and supposedly had some documentation uh, that the young descendants confirmed with him that the hearse carried uh, the Church of Latter-day Saints leader. Um, So then the man, Dale Rickards, tried to sell this to the Church of LDS, but they didn't want it. So instead, he sold it to Disney. Wow. Yeah. But (laughs) this is clearly debunked because historical evidence shows that no hearse was actually used to move uh, Brigham Young's body. He was rather carried on a platform by clerks and employees. Interesting. 
Wow. What do you think about that, Nelson? That hearse that's outside? Uh, well, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it was, uh, you know, pre-used. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that, that'd be an interesting fact, I guess, but uh, it's not a fact, so that's okay. I find it pretty interesting that they that a lot of the urban legends are around the haunted mansion, you know, like, and it's very well. I mean, odd. for one thing, it's like just the sheer fact that it's a you know haunted mansion, it's kind of it, it comes with the territory. I would I would think since you know haunted is is it real or not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, they. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Even the, I mean, like even our next urban legend here is around the haunted mansion, and it's that there's a ghost that hovers around the exterior of the haunted mansion. So now, uh, Rissa, what's the backstory on this thing? So there's actually also another ghost that I I found that they think um, occurs in the haunted mansion. It's I think there's like a small boy that they think died on the haunted mansion or whatever. Uh, but this one comes from like some supposed video or picture evidence where there are ghost-like figures wandering on in Disneyland on New Orleans Square, um, walking the walkways. So, but there's no like confirmed fact around this, and yeah, that'd be so creepy though. If there's some real, <laughs> real like specters or something in the haunted mansion. Yeah, I mean, some people think. Oh, it's probably all the people that have been scattered there. They're haunting the haunted mansion. So, Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to limit the number of uh, ghosts and creepy things because there were a lot more that I found. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to put them on the list. I'm pretty sure there are a lot more that have to do with ghosts and creepy, creepy things. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to add to that, Nelson? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our, our last uh, urban legend here. It's that Sleeping Beauty Castle drawbridge is operational. So now that's actually a fact. And uh, Rissa, you want to go talk about that? Yeah, so while the drawbridge is working, it's only actually been utilized twice in Disneyland history. The first time was when the park was opened in 1955. And the second was when Fantasyland was reopened after their retheme or re I guess retheme? No, not really retheme. They were just uh revamping it. Oh, in the 80s? Yeah. They kind of like, you know, you're right. They 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 went from the the tent style to the the building style that they have now, right? Yeah. So did you know that it was operational, Nelson? Like it actually worked? No, in all honesty, I thought that was a stationary bridge. Like it's just locked in, right? Yeah, I mean, just looking at it, it just seems so solid that like, no, this it's, it was like structurally made to just sit there. It was it, like it doesn't fold up or down, but apparently it does. Yep, it's <laughs> or a working, it can rather. Working drawbridge. That would be interesting to see if they actually use it ever again, like up and down <laughs> i think it like would be they, cool yeah they, i like, would like to see that in person like if they tried to do it now would it even operate because the last time they did they used it was in the 80s so is it operational i don't know probably yeah i don't know what uh 
the maintenance schedule for that looks like. <laughs> right? I mean, like drawbridges and castles still work, so I'm sure I'm sure it would still work. It's chains and oil and a hang, hand crank, so. Oh, I you know I would have I would have thought it's like an electronic crank, not not really done by hand. Have you seen <laughs> Have you seen the crank? Oh, the, they actually have the crank. Oh, I haven't seen the crank. It's it, it's on one of the sides. Yeah, yeah. When you um are walking into the into Fantasyland through the bridge, it's on the left, and then when you're walking out, it's on your right, obviously. So, yeah, if you just oh, okay. look over, you can see it's like you can see the chain linking up hmm. to the the actual bridge. See, wow. since I thought it was uh, structurally sound, I just figured that was decorational. Right, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, they wouldn't be actually have it here where people can touch it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm sure they, right. they, like, have bolted it in, you know? Oh, yeah. Also, people won't be able to use it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just interesting. Like, I wonder if they, from time to time, operate it just so that, you know... It make sure it works. <laughs> I would hope so. I think it's a, a cool fact. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. All right. So yeah, those are all the urban legends we had on the list. Um, anything you guys want to say in closing, Grisa? Yeah. So if you've heard of any urban legend legends that we might have missed, uh, please feel free to share them. Uh, thank you for for tuning in and listening to our our thoughts on these. And hopefully we didn't gross you out on some of them because some of them are pretty gross. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed our episode and uh, I hope you continue to support us. And Nelson, anything you want to say in closing? Yeah, thanks guys for joining us this week. Um, this was definitely a, a head turner for me, This the topic for this week. Just like looking at all what uh, these you know, various uh, urban legends are and just deciphering if they're actually, or you know, finding out if they're true or not but hope you guys had fun and uh, i also will uh, agree that uh, yeah if we missed anything that you find super interesting yeah let us know if um, there is a myth that uh, you think is was uh, worth mentioning we'd love to hear it yeah and uh, i'd like to say thank you to all our listeners for tuning in and don't forget to um, subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast platform and on behalf of the other two i'd like to say keep your watches sync to disney time see ya bye later